Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we have a crazy revenge story of getting someone's sister cancelled. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, best friend tries to steal my boyfriend, so I sent her packing. There's a saying that goes like this, if you do 99 favors for people, they always tend to remember that one you didn't do. I don't know how this applies to my current situation, perhaps it doesn't, but I said it to make my own saying while referencing that one. If I were to make my saying, I'd say something along the lines of, You can do 99 favors for people, but that doesn't mean that they won't betray you when the chips are down. Seriously, humans are the worst. Even with the blessing of consciousness and an intelligence quotient and our retentive memory, people seem to forget easily the good deeds others do for them. Maybe it's a case of selective amnesia or something, but it's a common trend with people. I've known about this for a long time, but it never really mattered to me because I thought something like this would never happen to me. I thought I had the best friend in the whole wide world. So while everyone might be facing betrayal in the craziest form, I thought I wasn't going to experience it until I did. My best friend in the world, who I thought was going to be loyal to me through everything, tried to steal my boyfriend. It hurt, I'm not going to lie, but I wasn't going to let it slide. So I punished her. But let me start at the beginning so you can understand the full story. Cindy and I have been friends since high school. I still remember the first time we met, like it was yesterday. It was the summer holiday before my junior year. I wasn't doing very well at school because my parents decided to split a few months ago. I was a smart kid, but that tragedy affects me in more ways than I'd like to admit. I still don't know the full details to what happened between my parents, but I know one of them cheated on the other, or maybe they both did. But anyway, I was to live with my mom since she got the house. My mom was tone deaf to all the things I was facing due to their divorce. She was emotionally unavailable and she never once took the time to explain what was going on to me or even reassure me that everything was going to be alright. The only part of my life where she was active was my academics. She's an overachiever, an important figurehead in her business world, and she expected me to follow in her footsteps. Following her footsteps meant that I never fell behind in my schoolwork. Anything aside top three in the class was unacceptable, and this time, due to the problems with the divorce, my grades took a critical hit. Instead of her trying to talk to me to find out the root cause of my fallen grades, she decided to punish me by taking my phone and dropping me off in summer school. I didn't like this idea one bit, and I think it contributed to the depression I fell into the first few days of my stay in the school. Whenever I got back home, I didn't try to talk to my mom and she didn't care. All she said was that she was doing it for my own good and I could hate her all I wanted. Anyway, after my first week, I was about to head home after classes when this girl joined me. She didn't say a word to me as she walked by my side. I thought it was weird at first because she was taking all the turns I was taking. When we were close to my home, I couldn't take it anymore. It had left weird and was now moving past creepy. I stopped in my tracks and asked her who she was and why she was following me. She simply said that she wasn't and that her house was on the same route as mine. I didn't buy this because before then, I hadn't seen her on my way home. I haven't even seen her in school or anywhere. 
Because of this, I told her to cut the crap because I wasn't ready for games. I told her to stop following me or I was going to call 911. That threat was foolish for two different reasons. One, I didn't have my phone because my mom seized it like I said earlier. Thinking about it now, my mom was really irresponsible for taking my phone away from me. What if I had been in real trouble? How would I call someone? Two, the girl in front of me was give or take my age mate. Anyway, the girl quietly walked ahead of me and I waited till we had some distance between us before I continued my journey. It was when we turned into my street that I saw how much of a jerk I had been. She wasn't lying when she said her house was on the same route as mine. In fact, she lived just a few houses away from me. Hers was the old house down the street. It had been up for sale for a long time, and the realtor just pulled out the for sale sign a week ago. I had no idea that the new owners had moved in or that they'd have a daughter my age. But in my defense, she could have explained better, and I really wasn't in the best of moods to be guessing where she was from. I stood outside in the driveway for some time, contemplating whether to go over and apologize to her, or just wait till the next day in school. After some time, I decided to do it the next day. I went to school as early as possible the next day to make my apology to the new girl, but I couldn't find her. It was when the class had started already that she stepped into the class. After a brief admonishment from the teacher, she headed towards the empty seat behind me, but stopped as soon as she saw my face. Without hesitation, she turned around and went to take another empty seat. I couldn't blame her though. I was a huge jerk the day before and I haven't apologized. There's no reason for her to be warm to me. The class schedules were tight so I couldn't talk to her after the class because we had another one immediately after. When it was time for lunch, she was nowhere to be seen. I had no choice but to wait till the end of the school day. Eventually, the school day was over and we could finally go home. I waited in the hallway for the new girl, but I couldn't find her. Eventually, I had to leave. It was when I began my journey home that I saw her walking a few paces behind me. I stopped and apologized for my behavior the previous day. She wasn't interested in the apology till I told her that I was having a bad day because of my parents' divorce. That was when she became interested in talking to me. Apparently, her parents were also divorced, and her dad gained custody of her. He moved into the house on my street with her and his new girlfriend. We introduced ourselves, her name is Cindy by the way, and talked about our ordeal as we walked home. And by the time I got home, I understood that she had it worse than I do. Her dad wasn't financially stable, and her mom was an addict. Her dad blamed her for every bad thing that happened in their family, and it affected her in lots of ways. She didn't have friends and she had been alone for most of the past year. I was moved with pity for her and decided that she wasn't going to be alone anymore. We became friends. We went everywhere and did everything together. By the time we resumed junior year, we were inseparable. We had most of our classes together and back home, we'll do our assignments and discuss boys. You know, just normal teenage girl stuff. My grades got better because of her, and even though she wasn't as bright as I was, I always helped her get through the exams. When it was time to go to college, Cindy applied for a scholarship, because her dad couldn't afford to pay her college fees. She got a half scholarship, which covered her tuition and everything else, but not her accommodation. I got an apartment off campus, and told her she was welcome to stay with me. She was practically the closest thing I had to a sister at this point. Cindy and I had different views about some things like money and its importance to relationships with people. She thinks that it's a waste of time to be friends with people that were not financially stable. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. For instance, she could never be in a relationship with a guy that doesn't have a lot of money. Personally, I think it's a wrong approach to life because being superficial can cause more harm than good. But I understood that it has to do with some deep-rooted issues with her family and how she was brought up. There was nothing I could do to help her. She faced what she faced, and there was no changing that. I only hoped that she was going to gain a better mindset moving forward. I loved her despite her flaws, and I was ready to support her every step of the way. Anyway, we started college, and we were both excited as to what the new chapter of our lives will bring. By this time, Cindy, who used to be shy and closed off when I met her that year, was now as outgoing as ever. She loved to party and live fast. She quickly made new friends who loved this lifestyle too. Partying wasn't my thing, but I didn't want to be left behind, so I went with the flow. The flow meaning every single frat party and bonfire and rave that Cindy went to. It was at one of these such parties that we met Jason. This fateful day was a Friday, and like the last seven other Fridays that had passed, I knew Cindy was probably going to some party somewhere. I had steeled my resolve before I got home that I wasn't going with her. I was going to get home, resist all the temptations from Cindy to go to the party with her, crawl up in bed and sleep off all the fatigue of the past week. My resolve was short-lived, because as soon as I got home, I met Cindy and a few of our mutual friends in the living room. They were going to a house party somewhere way off campus. Before I could even say I wasn't interested, Cindy showed me the outfit she handpicked for me. The rest of our friends also begged that I go with them, and before I knew it, I'd worn the outfit, and we were on our way. We got to the party, and I was immediately awed by the sight of the elegant house. It had a swimming pool and a nice view, and I knew that it'd be crazy expensive. The rest of the girls also expressed their surprise at the building. Cindy made a comment about doing anything to bag the owner of the house, and I laughed. I thought she was joking. Just a few minutes into the party, I was ready to go home. The stress of the past week has finally gotten to me, and I don't think I've wanted my bed more than I did that day. I sat by the pool, and Cindy came to join me after some time. She was trying to get me to join the rest of the party, but this time, I wasn't budging. We were still having this conversation when a guy walked up to us. He had a drink in hand and a smile on his face. He said hi, and I responded while Cindy stared at him from up to down. He asked for Cindy's name, and still, she didn't answer. When the second-hand embarrassment was starting to kill me, I blurted out her name. He introduced himself as Jason and asked if he could get her a drink. I guess after a moment of silent study, she decided that he wasn't rich because she stood up and told him to piss off. I was taken aback by her reaction, and when I tried to chide her, she walked away. I apologized to Jason for her attitude, and he waved me off, saying it's fine. He made a joke that I can't remember now, but it made me crack up. We started talking, and Jason turned out to be the most interesting person I've met in a very long time. 
He was funny, smart, and knew a lot about the world of finance, which was related to my major. In fact, I spent the rest of the party talking to him, and when it was time to leave, or better put, when Cindy got too drunk to stand, he asked for my number and promised to text me. We texted non-stop for the next two weeks till he decided that he'd like to go on a date with me. I told Cindy about the date and the first thing she asked me was why I wanted to go out with a broke guy. I never thought of Jason's financial standing before that time and I asked her why she thought he was broke in the first place. She said that he wore cheap looking clothes at the party and he didn't wear accessories. I was surprised at how superficial Cindy was and I went on to ask her why would it matter if the person she's going out with doesn't have money. She went on to give a number of reasons like how she can't be with a man who can't pay her bills, that sort of thing. Her level of entitlement was awe-inspiring, but I'm not judging. Eventually, the day came for Jason and I to go out, and he texted that he'd be picking me up. By 7, I was ready and he texted me that he was downstairs. That same time, Cindy hurried upstairs and she told me there was a McLaren parked downstairs and we went down together. To my surprise and to Cindy's shock, it was Jason. On the drive, I asked him how he wound up driving a McLaren. He seemed surprised by the question and proceeded to tell me that he was a financial market analyst and trader. He had been a trader since his high school days and by the time he got to college, he was already a millionaire. He went on to drop another bombshell on me, telling me that he owned the house where the party was held weeks ago. Who would have known? But then again, it put some things in perspective. That's why he didn't have to dress so extravagantly that day. He was at home. We went to the cinema and the date was amazing. He dropped me home hours later and I proceeded to tell Cindy about how great the date went. She didn't seem too happy as I narrated my experience. I just thought she was ill or something. The next few days after our date, Cindy still won't talk to me, no matter how I tried to ask her what the problem was. She always seemed to find a way to brush me off, so I didn't bother anymore. Jason and I continued going strong, and one month later, he asked me to be his girlfriend, to which I said yes. He bought me a very expensive necklace as a gift for being his girlfriend, and when I showed my friends, they were all excited and happy for me. All of them, except Cindy of course. That last month, it felt like our friendship had gone sour. She doesn't talk to me anymore, and it felt like I was living at home with a stranger. But I've tried my best to talk to her. I just felt like she'd open up when it was the time. The next day, I couldn't find the necklace in the drawer I put it in, and that's not all. I woke up to 17 missed calls from Jason. Apparently, Cindy was in his place. She showed up drunk the previous night and tried to get him to sleep with her, but he just put her to bed in one of the rooms. I went over to get her at once, and as soon as I lay eyes on her, I saw the necklace I'd been looking for. Apparently, she took it from my drawer before she left the house. She was already sober from the drinks when I got there, and I asked her what her problem was. She told me I was the problem because I stole the, and I quote, love of her life from her. She said she wanted Jason to fight harder for her that night, but he didn't because I threw myself at him. She also said that she took the necklace because it was rightfully hers. That day, it was as though the scales cleared from my eyes and I saw what Cindy truly was, a gold-digging tramp that didn't care who she hurt as long as she got her way. Immediately, I went home and threw her stuff out of my apartment because I was done with her. Someone willing to betray me like that shouldn't be living under the same roof with me. Just imagine when she came to steal my necklace. What if she had other motives in mind? I couldn't risk that, so I cut her off. 
Honestly, a roommate stealing from you is in general a more than fair thing to blow up that roommate ship with them. Not only would you be very incentivized to tell them to pack up and get out of there or you pack up yourself and move, but as soon as you've like secured yourself and everything, as long as they still have proof, and I mean they're sitting there like, this is rightfully my necklace, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to get the authorities involved. Get yourself completely ready to move out, call the cops, provide proof that that necklace is yours, and make sure you can just add that right on top of all your boxes on your way out. Our next story is, I got my sister cancelled. All my life, I've tolerated sharing everything with my twin sister Natalie, and I convinced myself that it was just something I had to deal with in life. But she took something I could never dream of sharing with anyone, and I could never forgive her for it. Like I said earlier, Natalie is my twin sister, meaning that we're the same age. Technically, she was born 231 seconds before I was, and she never managed to let that go. She must have left the womb a few seconds before the part of the brain that understood human empathy was developed, or she just always felt like she needed to be better than me. Natalie and I weren't identical twins. We were both pretty, yes, but everyone told me I was prettier. We'd be taking a walk and someone would randomly be like, your sisters? We'd chorus, twins. Then they'd say something along the lines of, I should have known. The taller one's prettier though. And Natalie would so obviously recoil at that statement and then ignore me all the way home. I always wished adults weren't so clueless and didn't find it their responsibility to comment on children's physical appearances. Anyone who's had siblings will be sure to understand this. It's so easy to be compared when you have siblings but having a twin was much worse. It was as if people automatically sought ways to compare us immediately when they discovered we were twins, and they never seemed to notice the uneasiness and edge that appeared in our voices when the comparison began. Sadly, my mom was ever so clueless. She wasn't trying to make anyone feel bad, and she clearly didn't know it, but we both knew that I was her favorite. She'd randomly mention how I looked exactly like she did when she was little, and that Natalie looked close enough, but she was too short, and she took my dad's nose and brown hair. She'd dress us in the same outfit and style our hair the same way, but she would take more time fussing with Natalie here and there, because she felt there was something more to achieve with Natalie's look to make her look just like I did. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Natalie and I weren't sworn enemies or anything at first, but all of the unnecessary comments and snide remarks were getting to her, and soon she just couldn't take it anymore. She soon became quite shallow and obsessed with her physical appearance. To be fair, she tried talking to me about it, but all of her questions were too ridiculous for me to answer. Hey Amy, do you think I look fat in this? Hey Amy, is my nose too flat? Hey Amy, does this shirt clash with my hair? So many like that, and my response was always the same. You look great, Natalie. Now leave me alone. Because she did. She always did. She had a great sense of style. She was much prettier than she thought herself to be. 
In all honesty, she had nothing to be scared about. Half the girls in our grade had to be jealous of her looks and her marvelous taste in fashion. But none of these ever occurred to her. She started to clearly feel self-conscious, and she always tried to dress to impress. Then she became a people's pleaser. She let every single thing about how people thought I looked better get to her, and she never let it out of her head. She grew up thinking she had to do too much to make everyone like her, and that was how our issues started. Natalie started to make very wrong decisions trying to please everyone around her. She'd sneak out of the house past midnight to attend a party that the cool kids had invited her to. She'd spend her last dollar on a gift for some important friend or the other, not because she really liked the person, but because she wanted the person to like her. Those are totally different things. She even got a belly piercing because one of her friends had dared her to. Not only was it disturbing that my sister was no longer her authentic self, but I was always at the receiving end of her messes. She begged me to cover up her absence from our parents. And whenever they caught me lying, I was in as deep trouble as she was in. I'd have to spend my savings on her when she'd exhausted hers on unimportant things. I felt responsible for her piercing since I was the only one that knew about it at home, and when it got infected, I had to go behind her and tell our parents, which led to a big fight between us. It hurt me that this was my sister's response to what she'd been through, but I couldn't do anything about it except pray for her and rant to my best friend Jake. As time wore on, it was clear that Natalie's subtle notions had turned into full-blown jealousy. She manipulated our parents into allowing her to dye her hair ginger just like mine, but it wasn't so clear that she was jealous of me till I mistakenly read her diary. That day I walked into her room to ask her about the extra credit homework we were both assigned at school, and I noticed a purple book lying open on her table. I stooped over to check if it was the assignment she was working on since she wasn't present and I wanted to be done with the assignment as soon as possible. One look at the page and it was clear that it wasn't in any way homework. I'd have left immediately if my eyes hadn't caught my name in several places on that single page. I quickly scanned through the words and I realized how little she thought of me. She was envious that I was prettier, but she also thought that I was the most boring person in the world and I didn't deserve the beauty or the pretty privilege that came with it. I hurriedly left her room and sat in mine processing my thoughts and the new information I'd just gathered. Natalie didn't like me much. She didn't even think me worthy of being rated, and it was all because of what people had said to her. I felt terrible and angry, but I didn't confront her. I was an understanding person, so I swallowed it all, as difficult as it was. After that, I started to keep my distance from her. No one would enjoy being anywhere they weren't appreciated, and Natalie didn't appreciate me. I really wanted to talk to someone about it, but I couldn't. Dad would never understand. Mom would speak to Natalie, which would only make matters worse, and Jake would say we were just being silly. I had no one else to talk to, so I just held it all in. The more I kept it in, the less I could stand being around her, and that was when I realized that I'd been the one sustaining any form of relationship between us. I was always the person to start conversations between us, or randomly check up on her, or get us tickets to see nice movies. And once I stopped doing them, she didn't make any effort to relate with me. We were both on our own, and something told me that she wanted things that way. I won't lie that it didn't hurt me because it really did hurt me. Aside from Jake, Natalie was my only other friend and I'd managed to set aside our very different personalities and sustain a relationship with her. It was sad to know that she didn't give two hoots about me in return. 
I spent most of my free time then with Jake. It felt like his eyes could see past my external features and into my soul, my true self. We'd stay late at parks, we'd go on planned hiking trips together, we'd spend the whole day talking to each other. He was the only other person I truly cared about that wasn't a member of our family. Truth be told, I developed a full-time crush on him, but I didn't tell him. I always wanted to be around him, and he was the one person I truly felt safe with. What particularly drew me to him was that as we got older, he suddenly became so wise. He had all the words to say. There were no awkward silences when we were together. He was a hundred times more mature than the boys in my grade, and he was absolutely funny. One Saturday, when my hormones were particularly messing with me and making all my problems seem bigger than they were, he caught me crying in my room. That was the first time he'd ever seen me crying, because I never cried in public. He didn't say a word, but he held and soothed me until I was calm. When we broke apart, there was a lot of intense eye contact going on between us, and I was sure we were going to kiss. But my mom walked into my room at that exact moment, and the spell was broken. I had a smidgen of a clue that he liked me, so I decided that I was finally going to let him know how I felt the next week. But I couldn't. The next day I received an email I'd been long anticipating from a theater arts academy in New York City. They accepted me and were even offering me a scholarship. I was going to the Big Apple for a year. I should have been extremely excited, and I was. But when I was telling the news to Jake, I shared the disappointment and longing I could see in his eyes. There was no way we could kindle anything now, but I was wrong. The morning of my flight, as we were saying our goodbyes, Jake slipped a beautiful card with lace trims and authentic drawings of hearts on it into my backpack that I didn't notice till I'd landed. He did the designs himself. He said he was consumed by me and I was the best thing in his life and that he'd write me every day till I got back. How cute was that? I was so surprised that he felt so strongly about me, and I was particularly pleased that he did. A lot of other guys had expressed their feelings to me, but none as eloquently and sweetly as he had in his card, and I didn't like any of the other guys much. My stay at the academy was a lot of fun. I gained a lot of experience I couldn't have gained at my regular school, and I got to work with a lot of people with great skill and talent. Jake and I kept in touch too. I spoke with him even more than I spoke with my family. He knew more about my progress at school than anyone else did. We had a lot of FaceTime and virtual dates. Something was going on between us, but there wasn't any title. But we were something. We were even in the middle of planning his trip to New York to visit me, and all of a sudden, he disappeared on me. He wasn't replying to my texts. He didn't call me. He didn't order random flowers to my dorm room. I tried reaching out to him, but there was no response. He just left without a word. It was a lot, but it wouldn't have been too big a deal if I hadn't seen a picture of him with Natalie on her Snapchat story, and the caption was Bay with double red hearts. It finally made sense. Natalie had to have known something was going on between us, and Jake was just a fool for leaving me for my sister. I was so mad at both of them for going around me like that. Were there no other decent humans left on the planet, I wondered, because these turned out to be snakes. I had exactly one month and two weeks left to finish up at the academy, and I used them to scheme and plot my revenge on those two snakes. I just couldn't let it go. That wasn't something you just did to anyone and walked away. 
It came with consequences and I was going to make sure of it. I had to pretend I had no idea that anything was going on. That was easy considering the fact that I wasn't really speaking to either of them. I stalked Natalie's Instagram a lot and there turned out to be a lot of content that involved Jake. This time, I was the jealous one. Little pangs of envy filled me as I watched them laughing at the most unamusing things, going out on dates and surprising each other. It all seemed too much for a few months of relationship, and I started doubting that it had all just started. Had Jake been playing me all this time? I'd rather not know. The same way he'd never know what was coming to him. It wouldn't be as fun if they were expecting me to be pissed at them. Getting revenge on Jake was easy. He had this really embarrassing video of him peeing himself when he was really drunk. Not only was that gross, it was bound to get him in trouble if his parents ever caught wind of it. I was going to post that on the internet where his parents wouldn't have any trouble finding it. Knowing Natalie, it wouldn't be too long until she'd break up with him if he had any negative social air around him. The problem was Natalie. I needed to do something that would affect her image, since that was the only thing she actually cared about, but it didn't seem like there was anything I could do. She had no embarrassing videos for me to torment her with. She was as cool as she wanted to be. I had to strike from the inside. I had to get home first. But first, I was going to post Jake's video. And I was going to do it incognito. As expected, a week after I shared Jake's video with the world, Natalie broke up with him. And I could just imagine the kind of trouble he'd have gotten from his parents who expected him to be a strict teetotaler. Time flew fast as there was something I looked forward to expecting at home. And before I knew it, I was on my flight back home. Still, I behaved like nothing had changed. I didn't let Natalie know that I had something more to hold against her, and there was no need to pretend to Jake since he never showed up. I decided that since she was so obsessed with grand events, that I was going to make sure she got embarrassed during one. I started to stalk her and all of her friends so I'd be updated about any big event they were going to. I got down all of the information about the party so I could use it when I wanted to. I waited till Natalie started to shop and plan for the party so I'd be sure she was in attendance. Then I graciously tipped our parents off about her whereabouts. She had told them that she'd be studying late at the library, but I was one foot ahead of her. Then I casually went to the venue of the party to watch everything go down. My parents arrived at the scene much later than I'd expected, so I was bored for quite a while. When I saw their red Mitsubishi make its way into the parking lot, I knew things were about to get spicy. Dad stepped out of the car, looking lost and confused. But Mom got out with a clear goal to find my sister and to chew her and spit her out. I followed her through the crowd and stayed at a safe distance while she located Natalie. I wish I could have recorded the look on Natalie's face when she separated from the scary looking guy who was sucking her face and was looking right at mum. She turned white. My mum started to scream and shouted her so loudly that the DJ turned down the volume to hear what was going on. Then my mum dragged her by her arm and led her through the middle of the crowd while everyone watched. I should have felt a little bit of pity for her because that was downright embarrassing, but I didn't. I found it hysterical and I couldn't control my laughter all the way home. My Uber driver must have thought I was insane. Back at home, while she was getting tongue-lashed and given a million punishments, she started to trend on Instagram. There was a reel of my mom dragging her through the crowd at the party that was being reposted with the caption, Mummy's Baddie. 
Forget what I said about Jake's video being embarrassing. This was downright humiliating, especially because the types of comments that it was getting. The funny thing was that I had to show Natalie how popular she was getting myself because our parents had seized her phone. You gotta love when a revenge attempt unexpectedly goes double-layered like this. OP just wanted to get them embarrassed, chewed out, their life ruined as far as their parents are concerned. But in 2023, if there's any ounce of drama going on in a semi-public-facing place, I think you can almost certainly count on somebody to whip their phone out and start recording the event. At a party? Honestly, not that surprising that it was recorded and shared around. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.